0: From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology and the colored shavings. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to The Dairy Show. I am your host, Katie Schmidt, even though I do not sound like myself today. Uh, just like those calves that do not like the fluctuations that we are seeing in weather in the upper Midwest. Neither does my voice apparently. But we do have a veterinarian joining us today as our guest all the way from Boonesboro, Maryland, Dr. Matt Yeager. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Matt.
1: Well, thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me on your show today.
0: All right. Well, we kind of touched that you are a veterinarian, but why don't you share a little bit more about what your connection to the dairy industry looks like?
1: Well, sure. Uh, I grew up on a family dairy farm in Fulton, Maryland, so we were part of the fifth generation at Maple Lawn Farm. Uh, participated in the Maryland 4-H dairy programs, uh, studied dairy science at college, went to veterinary school, and now a dairy veterinarian, specializing in embryo transfer. Uh, I own a donor facility and house dairy cows for embryo production, so really my entire life has been focused in the dairy industry. So tell us a little
0: bit more about the practice. Are you housing donor cows then? Or are you bringing cows in? Uh, What kind of embryo transfer work are you
1: doing? Well sure, for the past 26 years, I've been with mid-Maryland dairy veterinarians in Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, Early on, practiced general herd health, production medicine. Always focused on embryo transfer as my primary interest. Uh, Being licensed and credited in five states, I traveled a good bit with my mobile laboratory. Um, certified with the American Embryo Transfer Association, and member of the International Embryo Technology Society. Uh, As far as my donor facility, uh, we own and operate Maryland Westview Genetics. Uh, We house elite donors to flush for embryo exports worldwide. Uh, We've shipped embryos to 26 foreign countries around the world. In really all this, I've been blessed to work with many great breeders and friends over the years and their high quality genetics and really thank them for the opportunities to serve their dairies.
0: And how have you seen embryo transfer work change during your career and during your time of doing this?
1: Absolutely. I mean, in the mid 90s, there still were a few surgical transfers being done and and we moved from the uh, uh, surgical collections. Uh, But then early in my career, they moved from the the three, four-step slower method of glycerol to the quick-thaw ethylene glycol method. That was really helped our industry quite a bit as far as stawing embryos. We've seen the IVF take off uh, from the in vivo model, and now it's been perfected over the last really 10, 15 years. And then adding on genomics, and then where we're going with gene expression, really the industry has evolved, and we have a lot of things to look forward to.
0: So who is the, the primary client of embryo transfer work today? I think maybe back 20 years ago, it was probably those elite genetic breeders and they were trying to make bull calves and, and heifer calves. But what does the, the clientele look like of today for embryo transfer work?
1: That's a really good question. It, it kind of depends on, on your business model. You know, whether you're just trying to improve your herd or whether you're in the show ring or the genomic aspect, or you have kind of an international appeal, really, we tailor those needs to every individual breeder. So that's kind of a wide open question. There's a lot of interest in in all those models.
0: Okay, we're going to change a little bit here. Tell us a little bit more about maple lawn and the farm at home.
1: Uh, Was sure Maple Lawn Farm um, again uh, established in 1839. I guess my uh, ancestors were from Germany, and you know they milk cows back then. And it's evolved from from having Ayrshires and Holsteins. You know we've had dairy cows our entire life, uh, but we also had turkeys and crops, and uh, my family and I have been part of that. But again, everybody has has branched off and to their own dairies and breeding under their own prefixes. That we sure had a, a great foundation with the family at Maple Lawn.
0: And I love asking my guests when they are from outside of really the Midwest, what agriculture looks like where they are. So, Matt, what does the dairy industry and agriculture look like in your part of Maryland or over on your side of the country?
1: Sure, that's a good question. Um, really in Maryland, dairy has been a—it's it, had a positive impact on local economy, uh, representing a large portion of agriculture in our state. But uh, locally, housing, development, high cost for land, high taxes, uh, huge environmental regulation on farmers because of its Chesapeake Bay has really made it tough for all sectors be it dairy, beef, poultry, grain farming. Really, the smaller dairy farms, local processing, retail farm stores with the buy local marketing has helped, especially with the population density we see here, being close to Baltimore, Washington, DC, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, high population density in Northern Virginia. And then you have the crowds that visit the eastern shores near the beach and the western portion near the mountain. So as far as great cattle, they're always in style here uh, from every breed throughout Maryland. And we have some of the top herds and breeders that compete at all levels, and their genetics are known all over the world.
0: Do you see a large portion of agritourism out in Maryland then with those high urban populations and that kind of local movement that's happening?
1: Absolutely. We, um, it just seems like school children and and doing tours. And since we're so close to Washington, D.C., there's always something uh, for everyone as far as uh, rural community. Uh, University of Maryland Extension has done a great job promoting that and kind of farm and family and uh, leading some of that aspect.
0: Okay. So we're going to shift again here in our conversation because you recently took on the role as board president for National Dairy Shrine. And for those listeners who might not be familiar with that organization, can you explain or introduce us to National Dairy Shrine?
1: Well, sure. And really, I'm honored to serve as president this year. And As far as Dairy Shrine, it was established in 1949. Uh, It's currently located in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. Uh, The organization is made up of members from all regions around the world. We continue to honor our past and present dairy leaders. We inspire future dairy leaders. Uh, We still record and archive dairy industry history in the museum, while at the same time promoting the dairy industry to the public.
0: You guys have your hands full uh, with all of those different things. And I'll say, as, as someone who's relatively familiar with the organization, when I think of Natural Dairy Shrine, there's really three things that come to mind for me. And the first of them is the scholarship program that you all have for college students and I, maybe some high school students, too. Can you talk a little bit more about that program?
1: Well, sure. For our youth, we award over $40,000 annually. And those applicants are very, very strong as well. It's great to see. The website provides a link to download these forms. We also have numerous internship opportunities available that can be viewed online under the youth tab. Uh, This year, we did partner with you fine folks at World Dairy Expo and hosted Career Connection, which we have students interact directly with companies in the hiring process. So we hope to continue this platform and partner with you again.
0: Yeah, I think I saw it. it was on the books for 2022. So we're excited about that as well. Uh, So the second thing I think of when I think of Dairy Shrine is the industry awards and maybe that's because they're so connected to World Dairy Expo. What are those awards or who receives those?
1: Well sure, the adult awards, they continue to honor outstanding leaders each year in our industry and and we all know many, many prominent and worthy recipients. Uh, We have three award categories, uh, the guest of honor. So John Meyer from Holstein, USA, a recipient last year, our distinguished dairy cattle breeder, and last year's winner was Bob and Kay Zewal at a Bowmas farm, and the Pioneer Award, which is many recipients. For example, last year, Dieter Craig from Farm Shine. But like we said, these applications are coming up really quick. They're due on March 15th. We are super impressed. Last year, our bank was completely sold out with 300 guests in attendance. So it's a big night and we really enjoy that party.
0: So the third thing in the picture of Dairy Shrine is this history component. And you mentioned a little bit about uh, the museum and, and archiving, you know, components of Dairy's history. But what types of things do people find in the museum in Fort Atkinson?
1: The museum in Fort Atkinson uh, continues to host thousands of visitors annually. The numbers were off during COVID, of course, but now local and regional tourism has become popular, so these numbers keep growing. This helps to promote our industry to non-agriculture-related consumers, as well as numerous schools throughout the region, so we're really excited. Uh, What does it look like inside? Really, there's something for everyone of all ages. The museum showcases our rich dairy heritage, Uh, There's numerous educational displays that teach the old as well as the new. For example, milking by hand, then to robotics now, uh, and everything in between. Uh, There's a library that archives cows and people, contests and records. Uh, There's a portrait gallery that showcases the Hall of Fame winners that span generations. So really, it's modern, relevant, and attractive to visitors.
0: Who's your key demographic that you're promoting this museum to? Is it dairy farmers or is it more on that consumer public side?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, for all of us in, in our realm of the industry, it's about family and cows and tra- tradition, but, but really a, a big part of it is promoting that dairy industry to the public.
0: So why do you think that it's important to preserve dairy's history through this museum and through this organization
1: well really cows have been part of this world for generations when you look at columbus's second voyage in 1493 they brought cattle to the americas so centuries later 1851 you have commercial ice cream production being introduced and that happened in baltimore here so history really evolves and dairy cows will continue to play a vital role to all of us Uh, But this unique organization uh, continues to record, archive, promote, honor, inspire the dairy community, and really all of us for future generations.
0: I recently visited the Henry Ford Museum, I think of innovation or something like that up in Detroit, Michigan, and I learned a lot about procurement goals for museums when I was there. Does... Dairy Shrine have procurement goals for what types of items they're looking to continue to collect for the museum?
1: Well, sure, there's a lot of different aspects of of what we tailor for uh, Shrine. But as far as the museum, it does allow the public to donate artifacts and memorabilia to the collection. Uh, Mike Opperman, who's our executive director, he's done a fabulous job with Dairy Shrine and maintaining the collections, uh, keeping them up to date. We have some new, exciting exhibits, even starting this past year, um, around expo time. But he is, I'm sure Mike is happy to discuss those plans on an individual basis. Really people can contact Shrine headquarters by phone or email and the website's simple they can find information there at www.dairyshrine.org.
0: So what, what was the last thing that was donated or, or what's the era of items that are being donated today?
1: Well, that's that's a good question mike always presents a list at our our meetings of of items that have come in i'll just i'll just put a um a, a little uh, i'll put something in that i know last year we just did an embryo transfer exhibit and uh and many of us at aeta our, our embryo transfer association provided uh, support for that and i know uh, chris kine at sunshine genetics had a lot to do with that and We had a committee so we're really excited to see that and it and it's right with the ai and the reproduction area so it's really cool they do rotate these exhibits you know the facility isn't huge so we try to keep it like we say current relevant and fun so things look good there we sure hope everyone can visit
0: i did not know that the displays were on a rotational basis so i might have to go back i haven't been since oh gee my high school days so it's been a while
1: It's, I mean, we're doing things new. Uh, I mean, there's goals in there to each exhibit to have iPads and you can stream. So, uh, you know, you have it right there, tailored. I mean, it's just like we say, there's something for everyone.
0: What is your favorite component of it today?
1: I always like the history and the archives and, uh, you know, seeing the Hall of Fame winners, uh, looking at the old judging team photos. So I like that just from being a 4 h 'er that, grew up visiting Shrine when we were younger, so that's kind of my area I enjoy.
0: What's next for the organization? Where? How do they continue to grow, or where do they go from here?
1: Well, absolutely, like, like anything in the dairy industry, we have to continue to evolve, so, so really uh, inspiring those future leaders is kind of our main goal and how relevant we are, and we have a great social media team. We sure would like everyone to like us on Facebook, and so, so that's where we feel, I mean, we'd like to give twice as many scholarships annually. I mean, the big thing about Shrine, it's a 501 c tax exempt charitable organization and everyone's donations are 100% tax deductible. So we do have many generous supporters that understand our mission. And we hope more individuals and business and corporate sponsors like yourself will seek to position themselves as partners with Shrine. So. I'd say uh, have people like us on Facebook, start following us, and, um, and you know, there's a lot of buzz. We have, a, um, we have a lot of new things. We have a, a new logo. We have a new website. Re- really, it's working well, so visit the website. It's www.dairyshrine.org.
0: And when did you guys go through the, the updates with the logos and websites? That was pretty recently, correct?
1: Yes, it's just been over the last year. Uh, Dr. David Sauner, who was our executive director for many, many years, had retired uh, last year. And he's done so much work and effort and working with our youth and our scholarship program. and And now Mike Opperman is our new executive director, and he's taken off, done a fabulous job. So a lot of good things are happening with Shrine.
0: Yeah, it's been exciting for us to kind of watch those changes take place as well. And and of course, seeing the, the new involvement of Dairy Shrine with Expo through Career Connections that we kind of talked about earlier. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Matt, about uh, the organization uh, or about you know, your dairy experiences?
1: well i think we covered everything again i am really i'm humbled and honored to be part of this organization i have a lot of passion for dairy shrine i mean this is the one organization that that kind of bridges that connection between the past present and future so we sure want people to understand our mission we'd like your support uh please visit the website please give there's so many good things out there, and, and Dairy Shrine really works hard to help preserve all this for all of us.
0: Do you have goals for the organization or why you're president? Is there anything that kind of lines up for this next year for you?
1: Well, hey, we're having a, uh, a a board meeting coming up soon. We have a lot of good things in store. Uh, we have some videos coming out. Again, we, we continue our brand with the youth and our leaders and our museum. And so a lot of good things in store. We have our transition. So I don't have anything specific other than we're really trying to look at corporations and corporate sponsorships and a relationship, maybe a corporate membership. Just, I mean, membership is is a little tough with all organizations. Uh, So you have to evolve over the time, see see how things uh, progress and I think corporations could play a key role here. I really like the idea of career connection uh, as far as World Dairy Expo and Dairy Shrine as a joint venture. I think we'd like to make this big. I think there's a lot of uh, unique opportunities we have working together.
0: So how can people get involved with Dairy Shrine? You mentioned membership, but what does that look like?
1: Uh, Well, membership is a one-time donation of $50. One thing I missed, uh, in other words, we're talking about going to our colleges and universities. And a lot of our universities, we give memberships now. We're trying to promote and collaborate with other organizations. For example, YDLI. Uh, We teamed up with Holstein Foundation. And so our YDLI, Young Dairy Leaders Institute, we're giving out National Dairy Shrine memberships to all of their graduating class, for example. Uh, our dairy products team, uh, Dairy Challenge, we're working with them for membership. So we're kind of asking corporate sponsors to step up and give memberships, be it at a local university or at some of these, collegiate events. Uh, so, so that's a big thing on membership.
0: And YDLI just started again, right? They just had a first class here a couple weeks ago, or maybe even a week ago.
1: Yes, I believe Fort Worth, Texas. They just hosted a group, and now this was their first year. Uh, then they'll have next year uh, at another uh, city, and then they'll graduate next year. So, uh, that's a that's a unique organization as well, and and we're glad to team up with them on, on a few things like membership.
0: And Matt, if people aren't familiar with YDL, our Young Dairy Leaders Institute, what is that organization, or what is that program?
1: That's a program that's sponsored uh, by Holstein Foundation. And really, you can you can visit their uh, website as well to gain more information. Uh, but it's a two-year program, and they teach so many good things there. And it's really exciting to see. I believe they've been doing this at least 20 years or, or more.
0: I think I saw this was class 12, if I'm remembering correctly. So, yeah, it would be about that long.
1: Yeah, I guess since it's a two-year program, maybe... That's where I'm putting my math.
0: Well, Matt, I have to say thank you so much for taking the time today to talk uh, with our listeners a little bit about National Dairy Shrine and your background. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of the day.
1: Well, thanks, Katie. It's been a lot of fun. Sure, appreciate the honor talking with you.
0: Yeah, we will uh, see you this fall.
1: Thank you. See you at Expo.
0: If you would like more information about National Dairy Shrine or the scholarships that are available, their website is dairyshrine.org. Those scholarships that Matt and I talked about are available from March 1st through April 15th. So there is still time to apply. And again, there is a wide variety in scholarships available, uh, looks like for students in two or four year programs. So again, check those out, dairyshrine.org. You have until April 15th to submit those applications. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at We would love
1: to hear from you.